Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. It is good to be with you today. I want to pray for us in a minute. Before I do, I want to mention our, our youth have been at a Disciple Now weekend all around San Antonio this weekend, and they're probably about on their way to church. They probably also woke up about 10 minutes ago. Um, at least the boys did. Um, the, uh, uh, in fact, Haley, where Haley's there. Sorry, caught you leaving. Sorry, Haley. Uh, she's getting to worship with the youth. She's been leading worship for them all weekend, pulling double duty. So she's been working hard. We got, yeah, thank you, Haley. And, and Jenna and Dave Ballard and, and the Tills and Mary Minor and, and several others that worked to put this weekend on. I got to worship with them last night around a campfire. Hannah Brown, a student from Truett Seminary, came down to do the preaching. And, and it was just a holy moment uh, to be there. And so I would ask your Sunday school classes, they'll be wrapping up during the Sunday school hour today to pray very specifically uh, for the students that have been at D-Now this weekend as the gospel was shared uh, another time and as they kind of help process what God has been doing uh, this whole weekend. Would you please be in prayer for them and just give thanks for this weekend? It's a, a wonderful thing. Um, and if you, you may see them in their shirts around during the Sunday school hour and, uh, and in the uh, uh, tri-point service. Let me pray for us as we enter in today. God, we thank you for drawing us here today. We thank you for the ministry and the mission and, and everything you've had us do this week, for the ways you have upheld us, for the ways you have spoken and guided and called and, and uplifted, God, we thank you for that. For the ways we have need among us, for the needs of the world and our community that are on our hearts, for this and much more, we come to you, God, with all of it, needing a word from you today. Now, God, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we finish uh, this four-week sermon series today we've called Cultivating Soil, where we've looked at, and some of y'all are like, oh, thank goodness, I'm so tired of hearing about this parable of the sower. Last week, I promise, we'll switch it next week, and you'll be tired of that one by the end too. But we've been talking about this parable of the sower, that, that God uh, is the indiscriminate sower of seeds, sower of gospel seeds in the world and in our lives. And what are some practices we can cultivate to position ourselves to be formed in depth like the good soil of Matthew 13, to, to remove some of the rocks, to put a, a, a little uh, you know, fertilizer in the land and a little compost to enrich the soil and become that deep soil that, where the seeds of the gospel take root in our lives and produce a yield and a fruit. And so we've talked about some of these practices that don't make us holier. They position us to receive what God has to give. They, they cultivate a receptivity of our souls and our hearts to receive the good things of God. And so we talked about, we could name a lot of them, but I only had four weeks, so we had to limit this a little bit. And we have a long time, years to come, to talk about some of the other ones in Bible study and fellowship and in worship. We talked about prayer. 
communication with God, listening to God, how over time in prayer, sometimes God does break in and answer, but often the result of prayer is our will bending to shape, be shaped like God's will. It is, it is us taking on the heart of Jesus in prayer. And so we listen and we pray. Last week, we talked about the journey of discipleship, the journey of, of becoming more like Jesus through Bible study and through, through fellowship and, and through service, which we'll talk about today. And this whole lifelong process of learning to, to look more like Jesus that we are all to be about for the rest of our lives in every season. And today we talk about service. We could call this mission, and in fact, after preparing this, I really wish I would have called it mission, but it had been out for too long that I didn't want to change it. So service and mission, we're going to really use kind of simultaneously today or synonymously today. Um, and I'll switch back and forth a little bit. Um, but this is going to be do something a little different. In, instead of taking one text, one passage of scripture, kind of as our basis for, for this sermon, if you will allow me. We're going to really use God himself, the character of God, as our subject this morning. And as God is the author of Scripture, I think we can get away with it, at least for one week, okay? Scripture will be in here, don't worry. But we're going to think about who God is. Because if we are going to start to talk about service and mission and our motivations for doing this and the ways we do this and how to, to do this well, how to go outward and serve in our, word, in our world well in ways that help and don't hurt, in ways that make a difference for the kingdom of God. We, we go back to scripture. Yes, there's plenty of scripture we can use, but we really have to even go behind and above and beyond scripture to God himself. We have to go back, I think, to before time even began, to before creation itself. So think about, think about was God? What did God do before God created? Have you thought about that before? We, we do so much talking about God and, and studying of the word of God. And, and most of us, I think, in here have tried our best to wrap our lives around following God. Sometimes it's good to take a step back and just think about who God is. Who God is. What did God do before creation? What was God's purpose before he spoke that word and creation itself sprung into existence? It's an, impo it's an impossible question. It kind of boggles the mind to think about the God who never, never wasn't, always has existed and who always will be. But there came a point in time when creation sprung into existence we can't know the answer to this for sure, but, but we can suppose a few things based on Scripture, based on God's revelation. First off, we know that the creation doesn't add anything to God. Creation didn't make God better or make God more. More God was complete as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In our kind of Trinitarian formula: God, God the Son, God, God the Spirit, in community with one another, in in connection with one another. It's really and we're in the deep end of the pool here, folks. Try to doggy paddle with me. I'm doing my best to keep my head above water. But it's stuff we need to think about to be formed. And it, it will flow out this, this concept into every ounce of our life and why we serve and who we serve. God existed in perfect community. Serving one another in, in community with one another in absolute perfection. 
But there was something in the character of God to be God that needed to go outward, that needed to be on mission, that needed to bless, that needed to create, that needed to serve. And so in a moment, God spoke. If we read Genesis 1, you can open it if you'd like and look at it. This is a missionary text. This is a text of a God on mission, and God said, and God said, and God said, and the power of God, the word of God went forth and drew order from chaos and brought peace to disorder. And all of a sudden, the mission of God is there. This is the thesis this morning. God has a missionary character. By that, I mean there there is a word, there is a power, there is a mission in God's very heart, God's very character to be God most must go forth into the world. We'll talk about this in a lot of different ways, but what it means for you and me is after the fullness of Jesus, the church is the agent of that mission. So missions is not an aspect of who we are or what we do. It's not a neat budget line or or something that's overseen by one team or committee. No, mission is the business of the church. And anything of the church that isn't part in some way serving the mission of God is not in its fullness. And we need to work on that. And so mission is the heart of of God, and I want us to think of this together. There's numerous texts we can go to. We'll get to some of those, but it goes back to this very beginning. David Bosch is a a South African uh, leading missiologist talking about mission around the world um, that wrote largely in the 80s and 90s and still is what most go back to to think about what is God's mission and what is the character of God on mission? And he calls this the, the fun Latin term. You know, it's not a real sermon if you don't quote a little Greek and Latin in here. I don't always know exactly what it means, but it's part of the job. The missio day is what he calls it. The missio day. It has a nice ring to it. The mission of God. And he says that God is on mission to the world from the beginning. And that in doing so, he reveals himself as a God who loves the world, first and foremost. He is a God for people, a God for the world, a God that comes after the world and comes after us, not to get us, but to redeem us and to love us and to save us. Do you remember that... um, That old tract probably started in the 50s or 60s, certainly continued on in the 80s and 90s, and it had like a chasm in between, and and we were on one end and God was on an end, and it was like the unspannable chasm, and the cross would very neatly lay over the chasm. And the message of that was, we've been trying to get to God and couldn't, but now because of the cross, we can get to God. Well, yes and no, right? We don't get to God, God comes to us. God through the cross spanned that on our behalf. God has been coming to humanity since the beginning of time, coming and coming again to come to us because he loves us and not abandoning us on our own. There's something in the character of God that compels God to send himself to us. God is on mission. Bosch says that after creation, The rest of the Bible, the rest of Scripture is the story of God seeking after 
humankind, to seeking after to know us, to love us, to draw us closer to him. God comes in the, the tabernacle and then the temple and the mountain as the Shekinah glory and reveals himself there in power and smoke and in fire and in blessing. God pours himself out, pours the spirit out and kind of drips in little bits, not quite like Pentecost will be. Can't wait for Pentecost, May 28th, Pentecost. Put it on your calendar. It's going to be a fun morning, one of my most fun mornings of the year. But God pours out bits of his spirit on, on David and on kings and on judges like Gideon and Deborah and others and on the prophets with the word kind of drips of the spirit to come, coming to us, revealing himself to us, calling us back to him again. God is on mission, listening to the cries of his people and meeting needs as he enables in time. And we as Christians believe this comes to the fullness in the person of Jesus Christ. And God takes another step in the plan of his mission and sends his son mysteriously, folks. The fullness of God sends the fullness of God separate from the fullness of God, but also fully part of the fullness of God in human form. And so we would say, do you want to know God? Look at Jesus. Do you want to know who God is? Look at what Jesus said and how Jesus lived and who Jesus was. And it's a funny thing about Jesus. One of the things he talked about 24 times in John alone, that he was sent or sending. He was sent. He sent the disciples out. God sent him. There's this kind of uh, circular nature of God sending God, God being sent by God, God sending us, us being sent, us sending others. There's this cascading call of being sent and sending, sent and sending. We are all sent from God. We are all sent out and we are all calling others to go out as well. This wonderful process we participate in. Why does this matter so much? Why not just pick one of the great texts of mission and ministry and, you know, diagram that and exegete it for us and give us three points to go by? Well, I've done that a couple weeks. I've given you your three pointers, y'all. We're going to have some more. Well, if we are to worship God, we must do all we can to understand as accurately as possible based on the revelation of God in Scripture, the revelation of God of Jesus in and through us, who God is. And the Spirit of God, in addition to being love and any number of other things, is a spirit of mission. And understanding God is a God on mission shapes who we are. Serving others meeting needs in the world, giving sacrificially of ourselves for the sake of others in ways that don't benefit ourselves. They're part of this mission of God. It's not an optional add-on for worship or prayer or Bible study. Like those are the main thing and mission is the secondary thing. No, it's all there. God sent his son and when the son was crucified and rose again and ascended to heaven, God and, the Holy, God and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. And when the church was birthed, it was Father, Son, Holy Spirit sending the church into the world on mission. We are sent even as we sin. We are sent on mission to God. The English missionary Henry Martin said this, 
the nearer we draw to God, the more intensely missionary we become. The closer we draw to God, it doesn't draw us away from other people. It doesn't require us to retreat from the world. The nearer we come to the heart of God, these other things we've talked about, the, the, the closer we come to God in prayer, the more faithful we become in our discipleship journey. It draws us into the needs of the world. Those needs that we might have otherwise ignored or otherwise just pushed down or otherwise rationalized and said, those are for someone else to meet. No, they, they come to us in prayer. They come to us in discipleship. And as agents of God, we can't help but want to find ways to meet those needs in the world. Our lives are shaped and we grow in service to, to one another to become more like Christ is to see oneself as sent into the world just as Jesus was. We might take this one step further and say that to become a part of the church is to join God's mission in the world. It is to sign up for a life of mission. Friends, mission, again, isn't an activity of the church. It's not something we section off nicely in addition to worship, in addition to Sunday school, in addition to children's ministry or youth ministry or anything else. All of these together are part of the mission of God. The Aldapes are sent to Spain and you and I are sent to our neighborhoods and across the city and all of us have a missionary calling, a missionary impulse together and we're each here to discern what faithfulness looks like for us. Missions, add an S to mission, missions then is just the way we go about this. And friends, the way to do missions is as diverse as the number of people in this room. There's categories and programs we call missions with, that are the particular forms of participating in the Missio Dei. The, the mission task, the missionary task is as broad and deep as the needs of human life. Witness is missions. Feeding the hungry is missions. Providing mental health, wellness, and support is missions. Being a chronic encourager of others who are down is missions. Fighting for justice in the world, who don't, those who don't have it, is missions. Anything we participate in that makes the world whole, that helps bring healing to others, that helps draw people closer to God is missions. Anything that helps enact God's will and God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, as we were taught to pray, is a part of God's mission. Friends, we will do this differently from one another. We are different ages. We are run in different social circles. We live in different neighborhoods. We have different education and different training and different backgrounds and different spiritual gifts and different kind of earthly gifts and talents. We have different passions and different loves and different opportunities. We are very different from one another, even though we worship here together and live in the same space. And so the ways we do this will sometime be together. And they will sometimes be very different and never kind of, to speak in baseball terms, they'll never show up, show up on the stat sheets. <laughs> they may not be reported in a meeting or be a part of a budget, and yet they are part of God's mission all the same. So where do we start 
friends. Well, it's not like we haven't been doing this. This church has a long history of participating in God's mission through any number of ways. There's a desire to be sent out here, to participate in mission and ministry in any number of ways, and we could go through the long list. But if you're sitting here today saying, I don't, I want to find a new way. I want to find a way to more deeply be involved in participating in God's mission to the world, to be a part of that. Well, remember, it isn't our mission, it's God's, and we are just a conduit of that. And here's also the good news about it that takes a little pressure off. We will never take God anywhere that God not, isn't there already. I messed that one up. God precedes us wherever we go. In every ounce of the universe, God is there before us. And so if we are to start, if we're to dream new dreams, where do you see the spirit of God at work right around you? In, in this neighborhood, in the churches around this, this or excuse me, the houses around this church, in the people that live around here, in the universities that are our neighbors, in the neighborhoods in which you live, in the places in which you work and play and have your being, where are the needs there? Who are the people that are down and out and hurting and in grief and mourning or any number of needs they may have there? What are the systemic social things going on there that the church can be about? Where are people that are far from God that, that have a cry to come near to God? The Spirit of God is at work there in the hope of our neighbors, in the yearning of our neighbors, in the pain of our neighbors. Sometimes those neighbors are next door and sometimes they're across the world. But as we pray about these, God will bring them to our mind. And the person, the people, the needs that come to your mind as you pray is where you are being called to be a part of God's mission to the world. God created this church to be his agent to participate in his mission to the world. This church, Trinity Baptist Church, along with our brother and sister churches of the community, are the answer to prayer that people are praying. They are God's answer to prayer. You and me, when people are praying for someone, for something to come in and be love and be encouragement to any number of things, God gives them the church and trusts the church to be faithful to its task. Oh, that's heavy, isn't it? And yet there it is. We are the bride of Christ. We are the plan for God to redeem the world. Certainly God break in and God helps and God resources and God works in abundance, but we are the plan. All of this connects back to the beginning of this sermon series of God being the indiscriminate sower of seeds. These ways to cultivate this vibrant life of faith, of prayer and discipleship and service, they feed on one another and bolster one another. To participate in service is not to take away energy from Bible study or prayer or anything else. In fact, they, they can't really be in most of our lives. It's hard to separate them out if we think about it. We don't kind of flip one button and I'm, I'm in a prayer mode here. I'm in a service mode here. They flow together 
Prayer begets service. Prayer brings needs to our mind and people to our mind that we must follow up with, that we must reach out to. And when we serve, we know we are serving often beyond our capacity, and it leads us back to prayer, and all of it leads us to community. We need people to share this with. We need people to have lunch with and share our burdens. We need Bible study to equip us and send us out, and that flows into more service and prayer. The dots just kind of keep connecting with one another. This is the life of faith. They flow in and out each other, difficult to separate, for they're all part of the journey of following Jesus. And if we participate in this life, we will look up one day and realize there is a yield being produced all around us. Church, how are you cultivating a heart and a soul that will receive what God has to give, that will answer the call of need in the world, that will participate in in being this agent of God's mission to the world. It's a question for each of us as individuals and families. It's a question for us as a community to perpetually be asking and answering in new ways every season. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you are on mission to us. That you didn't create us and stand back in eternity and leave us to our own. No, you entered in. You became part of us. You put part of us in us. You breathed yourself into us. And you've never stopped loving. You've never stopped revealing yourself. And we have the privilege to participate in that work. Help us to know how you are leading us to be involved in your mission. Reveal to us the needs of our world that are so easy to suppress or rationalize away or ignore. Help us empathize with the pain and the loneliness and the hurt of others in this world and know how to engage and be your presence in their lives. In your name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.